Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Well, my next guest this week is simply a titan of the sport in the United States of America and indeed in global racing. With 26 winners, he's the most successful Breeders' Cup jockey of all time. He has landed each and every Triple Crown race at least once and indeed he became the 13th jockey to ride a Triple Crown winner last year when Justify took all three legs. In addition to that, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2003 and has been in it for 16 years, whereupon his reputation has grown and grown. He's more selective with his rides these days, which has earned him the uh, sobriquet Big Money Mike. He is, of course, the one and only Mike Smith. Mike, good morning. Nick, how are you? I'm extremely well. Thank you for joining us uh, on the show. Unusually for you, no big payday last night, which we're, we're not accustomed to seeing. But have you enjoyed your stay in Dubai? I've certainly enjoyed it. I always love coming here. Uh... Yeah, just kind of lost for words for, for uh, Seeking the Soul's performance last night. Uh, thought I'd put him up in a good spot, you know, going into the far turn with, with a chance to, to keep running. You know, he's been a bit unlucky in his last few Group 1s, and so I wanted to get him a clear trip, and I got him out there, and, and uh, maybe he's just better covered up and in trouble, you know, because uh, he just didn't fire like I, I thought he would, you know. So a, a big disappointment for him, but would you be confident that he's the sort of horse that can go back to the States? and sort of re-establish that profile and be one of the best middle distance horses in, in the U.S. this year? I, I would certainly think so, Nick, with some time. He probably needs a little bit of time. You know, he ran awful hard in, in, the, in the Pegasus, you know, leading up to this race. You know, he was a really good second, again, with a bit of trouble. So maybe it was a, a bit harder than what, what, what you would have thought, you know. And his first time also going 10 furlongs, you know, going a mile and a quarter, which he's never done before. You know, as a handicapper, that would probably be something that you would you would gamble on because he's never done it before but I certainly thought he was capable of it but uh, that could be part of it as well we'll just have to wait wait and see you know uh, what about you for you these these trips and 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 taking in some of the, the world's biggest races to what extent does that still drive you on well there's just nothing like like it there's nothing like getting the opportunity to ride in a World Cup uh, a Kentucky Derby a Breeders Cup uh, and those are, those are feelings you can only get unless you're involved. And that's what keeps you coming back, and that's what keeps you trying. People keep saying, you know, uh, what else do you have left to prove? I, there's nothing. I, I want to just do it over again. That's how good it feels. You know, that's how good it feels to be a part of it. So it's just, you know, getting those opportunities. And, and at my age, you know, I'm still being blessed with, with, those, with those chances and those opportunities. So I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. It sounds very similar to the man who was on this sofa three weeks ago on this same show, Frankie Dettori, was saying much the same <laughs> thing. I, I don't want to rub it in. I think you might have a year or two on him as well, don't you? Probably do. Uh, I, I, I'm, actually, I'm pretty sure that I do. Uh, you know, the good thing that, that I, if I ever did anything right, Nick, at an early age was, was take, it, take up physical fitness. You know, I started in my early 20s working out uh, anywhere from five to six days a week, and I've literally been at it ever since. And now in my later years, it's really paying off. I mean, I, I can go in the gym with any 20-year-old jock right now, and if I can't beat him, I can certainly keep up, you know. So as long as I can stay healthy, I can keep doing it. I bet that gives you a bit of a kick as well when the young, <laughs> when does, the young bug riders are, ups, are upside you on the treadmill it, and you're leaving them standing. It does feel good. It does feel good. It does seem to me, though, when I've been into to jockeys' rooms in, in the U.S. and come down to interview you or one of the top riders, you are, you are maintaining your fitness all the time in the inside the jockey's room and it's not something in, in Europe I see a lot of it does seem as though you guys place a, an increased emphasis on it you know uh, again at an early age I picked it up I think I got 
a lot of it from watching the great Lafitte Pinkai. I don't know if you ever got a chance to mm. see him. He's, he's 72 years old right now, and if he took his shirt off, you'd be in awe. I mean, he's just an incredible uh, athlete. And I just kind of admired him and took after him. And, it, like, again, it's really paid off, and I think you know, younger riders have seen that. They take care of themselves a whole lot better. You know, they stay in really good shape. And they've come to realize, you know, that it's a very dangerous sport and, and you're going to get hurt at some point in some time. So if you're in really good shape before that happens, there's a good chance that you'll make it back a whole lot quicker as well. Well, if this had been a couple of years ago, we'd have been sitting here, we'd have been getting wet, but you'd have also had a broader grin on your face because you'd have been reflecting on one of the, I think, one of the, the great performances of the modern era when Arrogate run down gun runner in the, in the Dubai World Cup. How do you think... How do you think Arrogate should be remembered? Where, where is he in your pantheon of greats? You know, I, honestly, to be honest with you, Nick, coming over here on the flight over, I got to really watch that race over and over again. And for the first time, I really realized how special he really was because I think at the time we expected it. And then after getting, getting away so bad, it was more of a relief that I pulled it off than, than, than a celebration. I was just like, oh. I'm so glad he came all this way, and, and he was one to nine, and, and, and to get left at the gate and to still be able to pull it off, like I said, it was more of a relief, but to come back and watch what he actually did and to see who he beat in the race. You know, Gunrunner went on to just crush the rest of the you know, United States after that. Uh, it's just incredible. I mean, he'll go down as all out at a mile and a quarter with not a straw in their path. He'd probably be the fastest horse that I've ever ridden. And you've ridden some exceptional. I've horses. been very blessed. Triple crown winner. He's he was he was special. He was he was just different. When he won the Travers, I think that was when the world woke up to Arrogate. Uh, it was a remarkable performance. He ran the fastest mile and a quarter for a three-year-old in uh, the state history. of New York in history. In history, uh, that was just the beginning. You know, then he came back after that and he wins the, the Breeders' Cup Classic, wins the Pegasus, and then came here and did what he did in, in the World Cup. Uh, the, the only, you know, downside of the whole thing was going back to, to Del Mar, which probably was his least favorite racetrack of all times. Even before he won the Travers, he won a three-horse race there, just did, and just never cared for that racetrack whatsoever. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, did Dubai take too much out of him? And I don't necessarily think that Dubai took so much out of him. I just think that he went back to a track that he just Didn't wasn't very fond of. It was just too deep for him, you know. And I, I remember talking to you a lot and interviewing you a lot during the, those times and the disappointments were difficult to take but you had to take them with stoicism but you'd become used by that point in your career to being so involved with great racehorses that there's a certain responsibility that goes with it, none more so than when, with Zenyatta of course, lure years before that, then uh, justify last year. Is it, a, is it a difficult responsibility to bear that when you, you're essentially in charge of a public horse you know it's it's an honorable responsibility it's it's a great honor to be to get even to get those opportunities to be around these great horses and and yes it's a huge responsibility I mean you know from from this day forward I'll always go down as as a pilot era on, on Zenyatta losing her her last race I, I would never in my wildest dreams blame her she never did nothing wrong you know she never did and we got a bit too far back a bit unlucky in the turn with, with just a better a, a better trip I, I think I could have I could have made up the difference again I'd love to have that opportunity again people say would you change anything I said of course I would I, I'd finish second if I didn't 
you know, so I definitely changed something. But I could never blame her. I mean, for her to do what she did in defeat probably showed how great she really was uh, compared to all the ones that she won, to be honest with you. For her to make up that kind of ground was just incredible. I didn't mention Senyata's defeat in the Breeders' Cup Classic. The fact that it was what you immediately picked up yeah, I always tell, tells me that tells me that it, it's the it is the one that is just never going to leave you, isn't it? it it'll never leave me. It's it's come easier to handle. I mean, there was a time that if I if you brought it up, I, I might just get up and walk off. <laughs> to be honest with you, because I had to, but not because I was angry or anything else. I just couldn't take the, you know, just the, the the pain of it. To be honest with you, but you know now you learn how to handle it and you handle it a whole lot better. But you know, there's a thousand different things I wish I could have done different that night. You know. Uh, just because I know it would it would have affected the outcome if I if I go back and say well I wouldn't have changed anything then I finished second again and I know I know she was better than that. I, I saw something that night I I haven't seen since and Bob Baffert had a, I think the second favorite in the race second or third choice I think finished yeah. fourth and he was cheering his horse to the two pole and his horse just looked as though he might have had enough or done enough uh -huh. and we, it, it, it's a split second he starts <laughs> roaring for you. Everybody really cheered for her. I, I, Bob talks about the time that, that uh, when she, won, she beat the boys in the Classic, he said he cried. For him to cry over someone else's horse, it's just it's, it's remarkable how special she was. Uh, you know, and the day that she did that, it was a day that the ground shook in California and there wasn't an earthquake. It was just everyone going, you know, everyone was so excited about, about her. And to this day, I still can't go somewhere without signing it. I think I signed several Zenyatta stuff last night here, and people still still love her and still talk about her. I, I just hope that one day one of her, one of her offspring uh, jumps up and, and, and does a lot of good because uh, she deserves a good one. She really does. And you evoking those memories of 2008 when she won the Breeders' Cup Distaff and 2009 when she beat the boys in the, in the Breeders' Cup Classic and 10 she, she suffered that defeat. It, it made me quite nostalgic for, for California a decade or so ago and, and the great times we were enjoying and, and, and the state was, was enjoying relative to now where you've been through some pain and difficulty the last three months with, with horses being killed at, at Santa Anita. How difficult has that been for, for you as, the, as essentially the statesman in It's, it's in horrible, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, you know, a bit of everything hit California at once, especially the weather, uh, Nick. You know, we had two months of just straight rain, it seemed like. Uh, and every day uh, the track never got a chance to, to, to dry out at all. Matter of fact, it was basically sealed, you know, which is very hard, you know, when they have to seal a racetrack. And I, I just think it just caught up. It just caught up with them. Uh, before you knew it, it just happened so fast. It was like a, a, a storm just, just came in, blew in, and, and hopefully blew out. Uh, you know, California has done uh, a lot with the racetracks. They, they've literally pulled them all up laid them all back down. I mean, it's a brand new course. Everything is fresh and new. Uh, we just hope we can put this past us and, and, and move forward, you know. And you've been in the game long enough to see change, to see difficult periods, to see periods where the sport's struggling a little bit for, for popularity or, or traction. Do you still remain hopeful and confident, Mike, that racing in California can get back to where it should be? Uh, without a doubt, Nick, to be honest with you, it, it's amazing what a horse can do. One good horse could, could just could literally change the world. I think horses have changed the world from, from way before racing. A horse has come into people's lives and, and has, have done things. Uh, 
I mean, you could be totally down and out, and that one good horse comes around, and, and oh my God, he just puts you on top of the world again. So a good horse can do that. We just need that one good horse to step up and do that in the States, especially in California. And I think it'll heal all. It'll heal, it'll heal everything. And you're not ever going to be a deserter, are you? That's your home. That's, that's, that's where you're going to do your thing. You know, I've, I'm, I'm, again, I'm blessed to have a few solid years left in me, and I would want more than anything to, to finish it in California. And then maybe move on uh, and sit where you're sitting. You know, maybe do some, some TV, some commentating. Uh, you know, really promote our sport and, and put it out there. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful sport. It, it's, it's great for the family. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a good thing. You know, it teaches you so much in life. Uh, and I would never want never to leave it. It's, it's all that I have. I mean, it's, it's the reason I have all that I have, to be honest with you. So, so I'm looking forward for that one good horse to, to pull us out. And when it does, it'll, it'll bring us high. It'll bring us high again. I know you're familiar because I, I know you're friends with the people who started it up, the, the I Am Horse Racing movement. That Great they, people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to, to really reinforce a positive message about the sport and why people got into the game, their role in it, why they love the athlete, why they love the, the animals themselves. Do you find it frustrating that you, you sometimes have to defend the thing that you love? We have to defend almost everything in life, don't we? No matter what it is. You're going to talk about religion, politics, any sport. You know, there's just always something that you're going to have to defend in it. But does the good outweigh the bad? And if you was to ask me or anybody involved in it, the good is so much greater, so much greater that it, it'll pull itself out. I, I really believe that. You have some great people, great Again, you know, the people we were just talking about, uh, they're getting involved and trying to tell the stories and people's stories from, from the very beginning, you know. Uh, I, think that, uh, I think that needs to be seen. We need to educate the public, the people that, that uh, you know, they don't, don't often, you know, tune into our, our sport or our channel. When they see how much passion and love is given to these, these beautiful animals, uh, it, can't, it can't help but get back up again. Uh, to that end, how does a, a veteran and hugely successful riders such as yourself deal with reactions to what's happened by, say, re removing medication and asking you guys at Santa Anita to not ride with whips and so forth? Well, we prefer to call them riding crops uh, nowadays. What, what the public don't understand, Nick, is, is we don't, these are cushion crops, they're equine friendly, they, they, they don't hurt a horse in any way. But they just, it, there's some sort of, it, it's some sort of, uh, you know, they're, they're highly strong, extremely powerful, powerful animals. And you gotta have some, you know, they don't have a human's mentality, you know, that their focus goes off every now and then. You, you gotta have something besides a rain to, to, to make them focus, you know, to make them respond uh, when you need them to respond, whatever it may be. But in no way whatsoever are we harming these animals. I mean, these, these cushion crops, if you actually seen them, it's like a nerf thing that you would buy your kids to play with. And, and this is a, a conversation I've had with countless people and countless jockeys on this program. We, and I think an enormous portion of our audience are, uh, are happy with the idea that, that, that no, no pain is felt. I'm, I just am intrigued to know that it, if it goes, at Santa Anita, it, how is that going to change the game for you personally, or, or for your fellow riders, or is it not? No, it, it definitely will. It, it, it would change the game. Uh, it, it's a big safety issue as well, Nick. I mean, we're, you're talking about, you know, again, 1,200-pound powerful animals. I mean, they'll, they'll hit the front. I mean, their, their attention span might change in a 
fifth of a second. I mean, you got to have something to help you control them. Uh, if that happens, it'll, it'll become very dangerous. I mean, it really will. It, it's, it's, it's a whole lot more to it than that. It, if you've never ridden a horse, you wouldn't know until you actually got on one. But you'd appreciate the riding crop if you did. Because it's just something to show them. It, it's nothing that you hurt them with. It, it's just something that, 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 that makes them focus and, and, and move forward when you want them to move forward again. You've got to remember this is a, you know, a sport as well. A lot of them you know, love to run, but they're, they're also pack animals. You know, they don't all hit the front and want to just keep, keep running. I mean, they, they lose focus at times. So you, you, it's just something that keeps them focused. I pray that that don't happen. Again, I think we really need to educate the public on, on, uh, on the equipment that we use. I mean, it, it, if you actually saw it, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah, and, I, and as I said, it, it's, a, it's a topic that we talk about probably more than most of us would care to talk about on, on this program, but it is, it is so hot at the moment and so much in the news. I, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on it. Let's look forward to, to 2019 for you. Where's the next star? Who's the next star? I've got uh, two really good three-year-olds coming up. Um, one's going to actually run on the 6th uh, of, of ne well, next Saturday, a horse called Roadster, quality road colt uh, for Bob Baffert that that's, has that kind of talent. He's a bit behind in, in time. You know, he's a bit late starting. Uh, but if he was to jump up and win the Santa Anita Derby, he'd be something you'd really look forward to. I got a wonderful warfront colt man that just won the, the, the prep for the Arkansas Derby, the Rebel. His name is Omaha Beach. Uh -huh. You'll see him run back on the 13th in the Arkansas Derby. I mean, he's, he's that kind of horse. So I'm blessed with two good shots. I'm praying that they both make it, and then I'll have to have a, a tough choice to make because uh, they both belong. They have that kind of talent. I mean, at the moment, just the Omaha Beach, is, when you said his name, that was the one that got you sprung off the sofa up, a bit yeah up, up just a little bit yeah. <laughs> you notice that so and he's training that way as well he came out of that race very very good he's going to run back in the arkansas derby as i said and, and uh it's really pretty pretty neat as well for 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 mr mandela richard mandela who's an unbelievable trainer back home he's a and this if we were to make it into the derby this would probably be the best best shot that he has ever had going into it so that would be pretty neat as well you are one of the very few recognizable faces outside the sport because of your exploits on Zenyatta and because of the triple crown last year and the same could be said of of Bob Baffert with whom you have a I guess an unofficial partnership but <laughs> yeah. uh, a, a pretty lucrative one when it when it when it clicks together what's your relationship like personally a wonderful man what a, a lot of people don't realize off off the camera and and, and He's a, a very, very, extremely generous man. Would do anything for you. Uh, has made so many of his riders' career. Has given so many people and riders wonderful opportunities. Uh, and still to this day, I mean, I'm not his, his, his rider of, of every, everyday kind of business, but when it's a go-to race and, and he needs somebody with a lot of experience, he, he reaches out to me, and I'm very blessed for that. And I'll ever, he'll forever hold a special place and certainly my, in my heart and, and in my family's heart as well uh, to pull off a triple crown. I, I think we've literally been blessed to have just about done it all. We won Breeders' Cups, we won a triple crown, we won the Dubai World Cup together. Uh, again, all that's left to do is to just do it all over again because it feels that good. It's interesting and you, you might correct me. I'm very happy for you to correct me. You've got your nickname Big Money Mike because you win all these big money races and you're reasonably well, selective about Bob, Bob named me that. I, that was his nickname for me. I, I don't know where he came up with that, but I'll take it. <laughs> if, if it gets me more business, I'll certainly take it. And you've won, I don't know, three, four hundred million dollars in, in purses uh, down the years. Uh, 
are, I mean, are you still financially motivated, or is it simply getting on the horses, getting on the good horses that that keeps your blood pumping? You know, honestly, Nick, sometimes I'll leave my check in the jocks room for a month. It's not about the money. It never, it never has been for me. It's nice to have, uh, and I've been blessed to 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 have gotten my share and. and, and put it away and done well by it, but uh, I, I don't ride because of the money, I ride because uh, I, I love horses, I love being around them, and, and there's just nothing like the feeling of, of, you know, getting the opportunity to ride a big, beautiful, powerful animal and crossing that finish wire first. It's, it's incredible. Even the horse loves it. Uh, again, I'm, I'm minded of, of, of having this conversation with, with Frankie a couple of weeks ago, because he, like you, is enjoying this golden awesome of his career though when i suggested awesome he got right he got rather cross but you know what i mean it, it's sort of flowers and well, blooms and it's blooming late and you're getting it, it what what really interests me about but both of you i suppose is how it's such a highly adrenalized sport and there are so many ups and downs and you're traveling a lot and it, it's incredibly demanding on you mentally and physically how what keeps you in one piece up here Getting the opportunity to get on that horse each and every time that we get that chance is what is what keeps you pushing and striving and running and, and working out and training just, just to get that chance again. Because you'll never get that feeling uh, with anything else. I, you know, I've been blessed to have driven the best cars you can drive or, you know, gone to the greatest amusement parts and ride ride there's nothing like getting on a racehorse it's just nothing like it it's hard to explain unless you you've gotten that opportunity to, to have gotten on one or or to have been close enough to one that that you have a rooting interest in what it feels like you know when you see your horse cross that finish line first it's just incredible and i know you said you've done it all and you've won all these great races but is there a gap is there something you think now there's a niche i need to scratch here and i need to get that done or nothing left now you know, each and every race that I get an opportunity to ride, I just, I just want to do my best for it. You know, if you realize that the time and effort that goes into each and every horse, it's just, it's just incredible. You just don't want to ever let no one down, you know. So it's just, it's just trying, to, trying to please and make everybody happy, which is impossible, but, but it's fun to try. And every now and then you'll get it right, you know. And what's the, what's the atmosphere like for you in the jocks room now compared to what it was when, say, more of your contemporaries were there? And I guess you were, having, you were having a lot of good times with those people. Are you more of a father figure to the guys in there now? I guess somewhat. You know, I remember being the, being the young kid and getting the opportunity to watch. Uh, you know, I got to ride with a great Lester Pickett one time, man. And, and when I, that guy walked in the room, I, my mouth just dropped, you know. Uh, that probably doesn't happen when I walk in the room, but but I guess I, I'm kind of the old guy now. You know, Gary Stevens just retired. All, all my friends and guys that I looked up to, so I'm, I got to where I'm, I'm pretty much one, if, if not the oldest one of them anyway that's in there. So, you know, it's fun to go in there. Uh, younger younger riders certainly, you know, love pick, picking your brain and talking to you, and, and it's fun. It's fun ha having to have learned all that I've been blessed to learn, but to also pass it on to other riders and watch them, you know, go on and do great things and, and appreciate the horse like, like, like we did. And, and uh, it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. You, I'm going to miss that the day that it all comes to an end. But uh, again, I'll always be a part of it. Like I said, I'm going to try and sit where you're sitting uh, for my next career anyway. It, it's, a, it's definitely a one-way career swap, this. I definitely, I definitely couldn't do what you're doing. What although, doing. although I may have lost about three and a half stone, much needed sitting here this morning. It's, it's that hot. Warm, yeah. It's oh warm. dear, oh dear.
Uh, it's been great to chat. I mean, you must have been proud of your countrymen last night. For all, it wasn't a great yeah, night. But you must uh, be proud of Jose Ortiz, his first visit to Dubai, and bang, in he goes twice. Yes, you know, I've, I've watched him since he first started, and uh, again, you, you're exactly right. I, I picked him out very early. I said, this kid's going to go somewhere. And it's, just, it's just happy to see him not only going somewhere, but to, to represent himself in, in, in our country and his country for, for, that, for that fact, as well as he's doing. It's just incredible. He's a great human being as well. Well, Mike Smith, thank you very much indeed for coming thank in. You. I wish you all the best for the coming year, whether it's Omaha Beach or Roadster or whichever horse it is that takes you to the, the next <laughs> success. I feel confident there'll be plenty more. Uh, Mike, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai.